And now, broadcasting from a two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK and Rick. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown COVID-19 pandemic. So today is Sunday, April 5th, 2020. And today's show features a couple of folks near and dear to our hearts, doesn't it, PK? Absolutely. Today we have, uh, first up, we have PK's daughter, Chloe. Chloe, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good. Uh, actually, I should say, yeah, hey there. You're up in the North Woods right now, aren't you? Up in northern yeah. Wisconsin. So, yeah, hey yeah. there, Chloe. You, but that's not why we're talking to her. We're not talking at all, her. as a matter of fact. Not at all. Yeah. So, Chloe, you uh, you grew up down in our area. You grew up in Bensonville. You went to school at Immaculate Conception, all yep. through grade school, high school. So you're a you're a product of a, a school right here in our town. Uh, you mm-hmm. went away to University of Wisconsin and got a degree in what? Um, marketing, marketing with a minor in digital studies. And then uh, after you graduated, you got uh, a job in New York City in the fashion industry, um, in the in the Big Apple, as they like to say. Um, and we all know that uh, New York City is kind of the epicenter of this whole COVID-19 pandemic as it relates to the United States. And in fact, I don't know if it was New York City or New York State now has nearly as many cases as all of Italy and more than Germany, yeah. more than France. I mean, it's it's kind of out of control there. So you were in New York City up until when? Up until we um, left on Wednesday. So... So Wednesday was that the first ago. or second? First, right? First, I believe. So you yeah. left Wednesday, April first. You left New York City to mm-hmm. head home. So tell us what you experienced there as it related to the pandemic. Um, honestly, it was just very eerie and dead um, compared to what it usually is like. Um, I, I think things escalated super quickly. Uh, within a matter of a weekend, I, we were at brunch on Saturday and then Sunday stores and things were closing and boarding up. Um, and then continuously just day after day, it seemed like there were new uh, regulations and things put in place um, to kind of, you know, combat what we could, but definitely just, um, yeah, a, I mean, not many people on the street, stores half capacity, all the restaurants closed, takeout only, that type of thing. I mean, Chloe, you had been working out of your house for, or out of your apartment for a while, right? Um, yeah, it, I want to say it was like beginning mid March. Um, I think right around St. Patrick's day was when we were officially told to not go into the office. And you're, uh, your governor out there, Cuomo, has kind of been the governor spokesperson more than anybody else across the nation. And I know as uh, early as three weeks ago, you know, he was giving long press conferences and being very, very honest with folks and expressing his concern. And, and honestly, I think he's done just as good a job as anybody from a government official standpoint as giving information. Yeah. And I wonder what, what you thought of what he had to say and his uh, response. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't followed everything. I know he's been speaking like, I think every day. Um, but to me, it seems like he was very on top of it. Very, 
I think realistic about the whole situation and what could be done in New York um, and just trying to be as proactive as possible given the circumstances and how quickly things were escalating. So did you, um, were you still there when the, uh, the hospital ship pulled into New York? Yeah. The, um, comfort, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were there. Uh, my boyfriend Austin was actually on a run and, uh, passed by as it was coming in. Um, so that, that's pretty crazy. I know they were transferring that into a hospital or using that as a hospital. Javits is like a big convention center. They're using that, um, for hospital beds. It's pretty, pretty wild. I know um, there's actually, you're probably familiar with this, in New York City somewhere, there's an Elmhurst hospital, which yeah. was kind of like yeah. ground zero for the worst of the worst COVID numbers, at least. I don't know if you heard oh, wow. that. I didn't. So there were a lot of folks here uh, that would see Elmhurst Hospital on the news and they'd start panicking uh, oh, wow. because of how many cases they had. And of course, we do have some cases here at Elmhurst Memorial Hospital as well, but um yeah, just kind of coincidental that there's an Elmhurst Hospital in New York City. So when, um, and I don't know if you know, that hospital ship is meant for non-COVID patients to kind of yeah. take. Yeah, I did I did hear that. And there's been, there's been some criticism that there's really not that many patients there yet. That said, it's standing at the ready should, uh, should that happen. So in terms of services available and goods in New York City, how tough was it to get essentials? And obviously the the big elephant in the room is toilet paper, but how, how were essentials um, there? For at first, when I think when people started panicking, it was tough to find toilet paper. I actually, my sister was visiting for a weekend. Um, this was before anything got too bad and uh, we really were advised to stay at home. And I asked her to bring a roll with her um, because <laughs> we were running low. But uh, within, I think a couple days, most of the places nearby were restocked. Um, so I didn't have too much trouble with that. It was kind of uh, day by day, but I wasn't too worried about that. Um, and I live really close to a Trader Joe's. I think the toughest point was when that Trader Joe's actually had a couple cases of employees with uh, coronavirus and got um, that location got shut down. So that was like our main go-to and we had to kind of find other places um, during that time period, but there's that no was place like, else to buy three buck chalk, right? Yeah. You no, know, I thought I noticed there was some toilet paper missing when, uh, Claudia went out to visit you. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, where was I going with that? Um, oh, at Trader Joe's, weren't they lining people up outside? Like, so you could only yeah. get a certain number of people at a time and all that. Yeah. It was limited capacity. Um, and they let the elderly in first. They had people lining up outside six feet apart, and it actually wrapped around the corner and down the street. Um, it was. What were they doing? I mean, I know you did not a lot, but I know you did some shopping at the corner, like at your corner. I think there were like three bodegas. Yeah. Did you? Uh, I mean, could you just go into a bodega and buy toilet paper if you needed to or or whatever? Yeah, I didn't look at that time, um, but they 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 did have a couple of things. They're just crazy priced. So, so for those of us in the in the Midwest and in the Northwoods, what is a bodega's? A bodega is like a side corner convenience store. Seven Eleven to us? 
Yeah, it's like a mini Seven Eleven, but and I'm, more I'm, privately owned, kind of like they just they don't have prices on anything. You just go up to the counter and they tell you what the price is that day. Um, how, is, how is the behavior of people in general out there? Were, were people panicking? Was anybody taking advantage of the situation? I think um, so. We live pretty close to the Hudson River, and there's a Hudson River Parkway um, where you can walk back and forth, and um, it. There, I remember the first Friday of kind of the stay in place order. Everyone was there um, on Friday night. It was beautiful weather walking by. I thought, though, it wasn't. I think some people criticize that, but I think everyone was being pretty um, respectful and staying six feet apart and just walking, waving. Um, so that was kind of nice to see people. And I know some of the local restaurants had uh, little places where you could buy to go drinks and things like that. So they were so trying. I, I know that um, it, it probably was a big decision to come back to the Midwest. How did you make that decision? How did you get to the airport tickets? Tell us about that whole experience. Yeah, um, we actually were planning on staying there until things kind of have escalated so quickly. Got a, Our parents, I think, and us too, got a little nervous. We were also in a 280 square foot apartment, which was getting a little tight for another month or more. Um, so we decided kind of just on Tuesday um, that we were going to go back and ended up coming back on Wednesday. We booked a flight, got canceled within an hour, booked another flight um, and head out at like 2.30 in the morning. So How much was your flight, by the way? Uh, ended up being 75, but there was a $35 option on Spirit. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And how was the was the plane full? Um, it was more full than I expected. It was more than half capacity, I would say, which was interesting. Um, but they did, once everyone boarded, um, asked who was together and spread people out. Did they, did they check anybody before they got on the plane? No. Or, or, in, or at O'Hare when you got off the plane? Did, any, did they check anybody? No. No. So I noticed, uh, or I know that um, you and your boyfriend did not go to your family's homes when you came back. Was there discussion about when you came back, where you would stay and how you would handle that? Yeah, that was distancing? part of the decision of, of coming home, um, just because we didn't want to put anyone in danger, specifically our families. Um, so we kind of thought it was best. Uh, my boyfriend's family has a cabin in northern Wisconsin where I am. So we were able to have that option to quarantine ourselves here for two weeks to make sure we're okay before, you know, seeing family and everything like that. Is there any hope of making you a Packer fan? I am a Packer fan. All right. Hey, she went to Wisconsin, man. But Chicago, yeah. uh, everything else. But yeah, going to Wisconsin made me a Packer fan. Actually, let me pipe in about that because when we were talking about how things were getting crazy out in New York City and we were saying, Chloe, you should probably really get out of there and come home. We were, you know, we were all about her coming home. And then when it was time for her to come home, we were like, wait a minute. We don't want you to come home. You could be sick and be asymptomatic. So that's when we all started talking about, you know, yeah, we want you to come back, but maybe you should go up to Wisconsin and, you know, uh, self-quarantine for a while and make sure everything's okay. So that's how that will evolve. Well, Chloe, it was great having you as a guest. Uh, all the best Thanks to you in Austin as you uh, finish your quarantine, which is still, what, another 10 days or so? <laughs> yeah. Good luck, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Have fun. Have fun learning about fishing.
This is Mary Beth Harper, director of the Elmhurst Public Library, and you're listening to the E-Town Lowdown with your hosts, Robbie and Rick, but PK is the one with all the talent. PK's got a guest who is very near and dear to my heart. PK? I certainly do, um, and he's, uh, he's our guest, but he's your son. Uh, we have Will on the line from California. He's living up in Northern California, and we thought we would get a perspective of how things are going over there since so much started uh, in that area before it's uh, come out, come on down to this area. So, are you, Will? Are you with us? I'm with you, PK. How are you? Excellent. So, I want everybody to realize that you did grow up in Elmhurst, right? You went to Elmhurst schools, went to um, York High School, right? True and statement. Putnam <laughs> Bows, Jackson. Brian York. Wow. Even threw in the button and bows. Yeah. Yep. Um, and at some point you moved out to California. When was that? Oh, six years ago now, okay. on and off. So you're well healed out in the Northern California area. And uh, you're, you're, you're working construction. You're like heading up a construction crew. Is that right? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been a project manager for going on three and a half years now. Most of my jobs now are in the city in San Francisco. Okay, and, um, and, and you live in that area as well, correct? I live just north of San Francisco. I'm, I basically live in the suburbs. I live in Sebastopol, California, a little bit closer to the uh, Emerald Triangle, as you could say. And what is the Emerald Triangle? Uh, the green counties of, uh, they, they grow things. Oh, yes. the weed, the weed, yes. the weed yes. uh, area. I gotcha. Right. Right. Sorry for my naivete. So how, how are things going? You, you've been through, uh, like, I feel like you guys are a step ahead of us. What, what can you tell us about how things uh, evolved there relative to the COVID-19 pandemic and what, what are we to expect? Well, as you already know, California is usually on the forefront of all of these uh, pandemics. They're the first ones to react to anything. And obviously, they shut everything down right away, from the restaurants to the bars to most businesses claiming what's essential, what's non-essential. And the enforcement hasn't been extremely heavy but I have heard of some circumstances where, you know, it's a, it's a misdemeanor offense if you're out there working, doing something that they claim is a non-essential service. So it is affecting us incredibly right now. So, so they're threatening to find people or arrest people or what's, and not that a lot of that's going on, but what's the, what are the well, repercussions? I mean, as, as, as the law states that I believe it's uh, some sort of class C misdemeanor, so you'll get detained and then a ticket, which is a fine. And if you don't comply, which some people don't do, they want to keep working or they want to keep doing whatever they're doing with their lives, they will be detained and put in some sort of coronavirus detention cell, (laughs) I guess you could say. So it is is getting pretty extreme in the city. You know, I was wondering about that because as people are getting, if, if people are getting tickets, which I think around here, that's happening less than normal. But mm-hmm. it's because the courts are shut down too, so it's a it's quite a dilemma that goes on. Yeah. Um, but so, are you still working? 
Um, I have been uh, told by my superiors that maybe it's a good time to use that unemployment that we've all been paying into for years and years. <laughs> and years. <laughs> so uh, now being in construction is a really nice time to get those cash jobs done that you've been wanting to do for years. But that's as long as the homeowners want you to come into their house. A vast majority of my customers are they they want to comply. So there, there's a few here and there that really don't care, but most of them, they they don't really want you near them. And most of the people I deal with are over the age of 65. So there's work, but it's it's hit or miss. So would you say you're working like uh, 20% of the time or 50% well, of the time? Well, I haven't worked in the last week. Okay. But that was almost by choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So what else are you seeing out there? Um, you know, is it, is it easy to get the supplies that you need? Like, no, um, no? no, it is not. Is there, is there a run on toilet paper? <laughs> well, I, I deal with all that through my, uh, girlfriend's family. <laughs> they, they supply me with all those incidentals, but in terms of actually working and getting supplies, there's a lot of hardware stores that they only allow a certain amount of people in a store. And just like right as of two days ago, even restaurants, they only allow five people in the restaurant at a time just for takeouts. Yeah. There'll yeah. be lines far out on the sidewalk just to get food. Yeah, actually we ordered from a restaurant uh, two nights ago and we pulled up in front of the restaurant and they ran out to greet us as opposed to us going inside. Is it true um, that In-N-Out Burger's changing its name to Stay Out Burger? <laughs> You know what? I haven't confirmed that, but I'll check my sources. It makes sense. Yeah, it could be going that way. Yeah. So what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? Oh, uh, you know, buying new toys, bought another jet ski, decided to go to the lake for two days. I, I have, I mean, I work because I'm an hour, over an hour away from the city. I work 12 plus hours a day sometimes. I never get to get anything done. I've got a lot done this last week and a half. So you mentioned that you went out jet skiing on a lake. Did you encounter a lot of other folks out there or people kind of keeping their distance or is there anybody else out there at all? So most of the beaches are so crowded right now. It's insane. You don't even really? want to go to the beach. But all of the lakes, almost all of the lakes in California have been completely shut down. Lake Sonoma. I don't know if Tahoe has been shut down, Clear Lake has been shut down, but the one lake that's near us has not been shut down yet, Lake Berryessa. And we go out there, and the only people that are out there right now are fishermen, which is pretty typical this time of year because it's kind of cold, but they're going to shut that down within the next few days is what I was told. How about your friends? Like, have, have you, uh, do you, do you know people that have been uh, tested positive for the virus or anything? I don't know anybody that's tested positive, but within the last week, I have had people that live in apartment buildings and they have gotten notices that say someone at the complex has tested positive gotcha. and they freak out about it. So I don't know anybody personally that has tested positive, but I do know that it's in my area. And you mentioned your girlfriend, Kayla. Yes. Um, lucky gal that she is. Yeah. Um, because she's your girlfriend. 
is she uh what's she up to is what did, what did she normally do for work and what's she, her situation she actually got pretty much 100 percent laid off she works for a nonprofit that deals with uh fostering kids so they'll bring a kid from another country and bring them here it's called feed them what is it called face the world and they bring the kids here and they give them a place to foster and okay. stay for about a year and it's pretty much being shut down because yeah that's no all they put on hold right yeah yeah well i mean or when you maybe lose, over yeah yeah for the yeah. time being wow. at least so i mean there's well, a lot of people that are out of work right now it's not easy well, yeah, actually, I just heard there were in the country, we're up to about 10 million people that are on, that have filed for unemployment. That's a big chunk of people. Yeah. Anyway, um, any words of advice for us since you guys are a step ahead? Any words of advice? Don't eat any yellow snow. <laughs> well, fortunately, spring is in the air. <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe the warm weather will help this whole thing too. But um, we appreciate your insight from the, the West Coast and uh, really appreciate your, uh, you know, touching base, base with us. You stay healthy, all right? All right. Good talking to you, PK. Okay. Take care. Love you, bud. Take care. Love you, too. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world. At nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right. Nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.